Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. My name is Em, and I want to talk about books. And cats. Hey, book lovers, I've got a special episode for you today. So back in episode 46, I discussed Ever Forward, a book of haikus by Claire Tom with watercolors by her dad, Colin Tom. So I had the privilege of getting to chat with Claire via Zoom, and I really enjoyed our talk. And now I hope you enjoy as well. So here is my interview with the author of Ever Forward, poet Claire Tom. So welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for doing the interview. (laughs) So I want to first talk about your book, Ever Forward, because that's how I found you on Instagram. How did that how did that get started? Like, what was the inspiration for that? So I was thinking back to that. I was actually looking at my book again this morning because I hadn't really looked at it for a while. I'm working Mm -hmm. on different projects at the moment. Oh, Um, nice. So, but I went back to it and the first haiku in the book is about a butterfly. And I was remembering back to that's how it all started. I was out for a walk one morning and I saw this butterfly resting on, on some blossom. And that was the first haiku. And it kind of just went from there. I just kept noticing little moments of animals, birds, and, and kind of developed it from there. And my dad got involved because I sent him the haiku. Mm And he just sent me back the, the watercolor that he'd done. And I thought, hey, we might be onto something here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a wonderful combination. Yeah. I really, yeah. it's a wonderful book. I was thinking um, my my kids are teenagers, so they're not really impressed with that kind of stuff. But it'd be great for younger kids, you know, because they're yeah. all nature based. I have to say uh, my favorite one is the last one, uh, the swimming lessons with the frog. That one yeah. was that one's my favorite. <laughs> well, that one actually was inspired by one of the most famous haiku um, by Matsuo Basho, who's oh. the, yeah, one of the most uh, well-known Japanese authors, considered sort of one of the masters of haiku. And he wrote a haiku about just that, a frog, jumping oh. into a pond. And that's <laughs> kind of become, you know, people who read and learn about haiku, it, it always comes up as one of the most well-known. Oh. And so I kind of wanted to do a different take on that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> came up with swimming lessons. How did you, um, how did you first get interested in haiku? Well, that came about in 2019. I went to Japan for two weeks Ooh, nice. uh, on a trip. It was amazing. Yeah. I'd love to go back. I, I want this pandemic to be over. Like all of us, I just want to travel again. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so I spent two weeks in Japan and uh, it was in Tokyo one afternoon, went to the National Museum and there was, um, the exhibition was about the samurai. 
Oh, wow. But what I learned was that for the samurai and for the Japanese, the dragonfly actually has quite a lot of symbolism. Oh. And I got think, and it was September and there were dragonflies everywhere because the time of year when, when dragonflies are about. And I was reading more and more about, you know, the symbolism and then kind of through that got into haiku and started to learn about this Japanese style of poetry. And mm. I love how it's so short. Yeah. But it kind of says so much at the same time. Yeah, it really conveys a, a big message for such a yeah. small amount of words. Like, it just kind of captures a moment. Yeah. And haiku traditionally is, is connected to nature. So mm. animals, nature, trees, birds, flowers, which I love. Yeah. Um, I love spending time in nature. I'm always looking, even if I'm in a city, oh, I'll yeah. find the first tree and I'll just like <laughs> stare at the tree. Nice. <laughs> you know. Um, but haiku is it's difficult to write because you're limited. Yeah, I would think so it'd you, be very difficult. You've got to really think carefully about the words that you want to use to sort of convey what it is you're capturing. Yeah. So it is difficult. I've been reading actually a couple of books about haiku and there are just some amazing haiku and you look at maybe there's only like nine or ten words, but you're like, right. wow, you know, it's just you don't need any more than that. You yeah. Get what they're saying through those few words. Yeah. I like that it kind of slows down the reading process, mm. too. Like, I tend to be a very fast reader, like yeah. I'll speed through a book. But with those, I feel like you have to sit with it and kind of take it in and ponder it a little bit to really understand it, you know? Yeah, I think that's the whole point, because... Again, going back to Matsuo Basho, one of the masters, he was also a like a Zen Buddhist monk. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he lived a very kind of simple life, you know, a few possessions. He traveled around a lot, but he he was very sort of spiritual and, you know, living in the moment. Yeah. And I think with, with haiku, you get that as well because it's it's trying to capture the essence of something. Yeah. And it's also a um, a moment just to stop and look and that's kind of what I wanted to to say in my book that's why yeah. in the introduction I'm kind of inviting the reader to slow down yeah because it's it's not a long book so you might just want to pick it up flick through and go okay I'm done yeah but I wanted to sort of say from the beginning you know don't do that right <laughs> sort of take your time you know and go through each one slowly yeah I like um, that you had that in the introduction because it did kind of make me think like, no, I really do need to slow down. And then I kind of, yeah. I enjoyed thinking about it while also looking at the watercolors because yeah. they just seem to fit so well. Yeah. It's yeah. really enjoyable read. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the watercolors are beautiful. I haven't actually seen any of the originals because I haven't seen my dad for over a year and a half because oh, he's yeah. in the UK and I'm in Spain. Yeah. And honestly, the day that like we meet up again and I can actually see his original paintings, I oh. think I'm going to get quite emotional. Yeah. I've only seen them digitally. Like he just scanned them and sent them. Right. And that's how I put the book together. Oh, wow. But yeah, to actually see them, you know, on paper with the brush strokes and everything would be so cool. Yeah. Oh, that'll be so cool. Yeah. So do you have, I know you said that you just kind of notice things in nature to get started, but do you have a process as far as like how you write or like, do you like to set up a, like, do you like a certain setting? Like, do you have any, you know, particulars about your writing? I, what I do a lot when I'm, when I'm out walking or mm -hmm anywhere I like to just sort of observe mm -hmm. and 
I either, if I've got my phone with me, I'll write down in the notes on my phone or I tend to always carry a little notebook with me. So sometimes I'll just, you know, write down some words or some phrases that, or also taking photos. Recently, I've kind of got into seeing something, I'll take the photo. And then when I'm at home and I've got more time, I'll kind of look at that photo and then a poem might develop from that. Or sometimes it can be like, three o'clock in the morning and I'm asleep and I'll wake up and have this idea and just like trying to find a bit of paper to write yeah. it down. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to forget that in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of writers say that they have that. I think there's a time in the early oh, hours where yeah. it's always around 3 a.m. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where like these ideas come and you're like, I have to write that down. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to have the notebook right next to the yeah. bed. <laughs> but what I like is it is kind of spontaneous. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, because I do this as a hobby and my main job is a teacher. Oh, nice. So for people who I guess are professional writers, they have to say, well, I need to sit down and write for X yeah. amount of time because they're, you know, working on a deadline. I think when you're doing it more as, you know, just your own hobby, I like it to be more spontaneous because yeah. then inspiration just comes naturally. Yeah. It's not forced. Yeah, I like that a lot because you, know? you can tell when when you're trying to force something, it just doesn't, it doesn't That's flow. That's when it exactly that's when it doesn't work or that's when you get like blocked and and you can't think of anything yeah um what do you teach I teach English here in Spain I teach English oh wow when I was when I was in Scotland I originally I taught French and Spanish because that's what I studied at university but since I've been living in Spain yeah I teach English to to Spanish people oh that's awesome that sounds fun (laughs) yeah it is fun it's fun nice so your book also benefits UK service dogs, is that correct? That's right, guide dogs. Guide yes, dogs. For the blind, yeah, that's right. Um, so how did that come about? Well, my dad um, and my mum, but mostly it was my dad's um, project. He, over the course of about 10 years, became involved with guide dogs. And each year, he well, he became what they call a puppy walker. Oh. And a puppy walker has the, the puppy from, I think they're like six weeks when they get the puppy. Oh, wow. And so <laughs> the puppies live with puppy walkers for the first year. Wow. And what they have to do is, is kind of basic training, you know, like toilet training. Right. And then they have to take them out for walks to like different places just to get them used to you know, right. the outside world. And um, so my dad did that for over 10 years and he, and all of the, the puppies that they had actually went on to become successful guide dogs. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, such an amazing thing. I mean, the puppies are adorable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a great job. Yeah, like you're just given a puppy for a year. Yeah. <laughs> and I think for him, yeah, it was so rewarding then to see the the puppies when they're actually working guide yeah. dogs was just so cool. And it's uh, it's a charity. It's completely like independent. It doesn't receive any oh, wow. you know, funding from the government and things. So it, it does rely very strongly yeah. on volunteers and donations. And I published my book through Amazon because they're one of the easiest ways yeah. to kind of self-publish. And yeah. I thought, okay, it's, you know... <laughs> Ideally, in the future, that's one of my dreams is to actually get, you know, a publishing deal with a yeah. publisher. But I thought, okay, well, we'll start with Amazon because it's a way of getting my book out there. Yeah. But uh, all the, the money I've received and, you know, payment from sales has gone straight to Google. That's so wonderful. That's yeah. so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a favorite poem in your book? Well, 
again, I was looking at it this morning, yeah. and one of the ones which I'm kind of coming back to is the one about uh, the snails caravan oh. club. Yes, I love that one. <laughs> and it, it's especially the line "Life in the Slow Lane" mm -hmm. because yeah. I think that line it just makes you think. Yeah, you know, life can be slower. It doesn't have to be so rushed. Yeah, and frantic and busy. And also, I think with the pandemic, you know, when when we've been locked down and <laughs> yeah. not allowed to go anywhere, I think a lot of us have been forced to kind of slow down. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and although it, it obviously it's really difficult and you know it's really you know difficult time, but I think a good thing can be that it's taught us that you know we don't oh, need to yeah. be rushing around everywhere all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it makes you kind of take stock of what you want to spend your time on, you know, like exactly. what's important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one, and also my, my mom and dad do, they have a motorhome. They've got one of these oh, big motorhomes. Nice. Which has been brilliant because they've been able to go away on local holidays. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. Which is good because they're so, you know, self-sufficient. So in a way, <laughs> yeah. kind of almost sort of thinking about them in that poem as well, you know, just like the two yeah. of them with their little shell. And <laughs> <laughs> kind of oh, I love that. Home. That's kind of, uh, <laughs> that's kind of me and my husband's goals for yeah. retirement is. Life yeah. in the slow lane, just kind of traveling around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so do you have uh, anything else you're working on that you want to talk about? Yeah, well, actually, last year, before I wrote Ever Forward, before that project came mm -hmm. about, I'd already started to put together a collection of longer poems oh. of different forms. So not haiku, but, you know, longer, either free verse or different styles of poetry. Mm -hmm. And again, I was sending them to my dad and he would send back sketches and oh. watercolors. So I've actually got a whole big like bank of, of oh. poems and artwork. That's fantastic. That, that I want to put together <laughs> yeah. and, and hopefully get that out maybe at the end of the year or the start of next year. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. I look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So building up a collection. But the thing mm -hmm. I find is like, like I was saying before, because inspiration can come from so many places, yeah. it's like trying to find you know like a, a theme to the poems because sometimes they're just but again it's cool if it's just a random collection but I think yeah. it's nice if there is a theme oh yeah definitely you know, like with with ever forward I sort of chose to describe different animals mm -hmm. so do you see yeah, any uh, do you see any themes emerging from your other work or yeah birds oh or flying things oh. that fly yeah <laughs> oh i love birds with things <laughs> yeah. that fly yeah travel <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but because where i live here in the south of spain we're right next to the beach oh nice and so recently i've become a bit obsessed with seagulls oh yep i'm <laughs> <laughs> thinking how lucky they are what a cool life they have oh yeah <laughs> Definitely. They just, they just chill at the beach all day, fly yeah. around. Eat people's food. You know? I know. <laughs> yeah, that like seems pretty great. <laughs> yeah. I think in my next life, I want to come back as a seagull. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. excellent. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's, I've kind of got different projects always on the go, but mm -hmm. I think it's good when you kind of focus on one thing and then think, okay, I'm going to yeah. you know, see this through and finish it and then, and then get it. Yeah, I always so, I always have a couple like partial projects in the background, yeah. but yeah, it's better to just focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that whole slowing down thing too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so where can people find you if they want to buy your book or follow what you're up to? 
So on Instagram, that's mm -hmm. my, I kind of dipped into Facebook, but I prefer Instagram because it's more, you know, images, visuals, yeah. short clip. I think it's, it's more accessible. So on Instagram, I'm at poetry caddied. So that's C-A-D-I-Z. Okay. Poetry caddies, caddied. Yeah. Um, and my book is, is on Amazon. It's, it's, um, just doing a search ever forward haiku or, the link I've got up on my on my Instagram page, and that takes you straight. And I think it's up in most countries, not okay. all countries, but like I've got friends in Japan and Canada and in the states, mm -hmm. and and I think it is uh, available in most countries. Oh, fantastic! And if not, because I have had a, a few people contact me, and I know that, for example, in India, it's not available. Oh, yeah. But I do. I have a digital copy, which I'd be happy to to send out to someone if they can. Oh, fantastic! On, on the paper copy, yeah. great. And I'll put the all of your links in the show description too, so cool. it'll okay. be easy access. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much. I, I know no, this has thank you. been kind of short, but very informative. I guess my last thing that I like to ask is: Is there like a a book or a poem or any one particular piece of writing that is particularly meaningful to you? Yeah. So going back to birds, yeah. <laughs> my, my obsession with flying things, there's a beautiful poem by Emily Dickinson, mm -hmm. who's an American uh, poet. And yeah. I came across it last year, early on in the pandemic. And it's called Hope is the Thing with Feathers. Oh, yeah, I know that. And one. <laughs> I keep coming back to that because I just, it's so uplifting. And mm -hmm. it's so it just reminds you, you know, to kind of to just to keep hopeful, I guess that this, you know, the world is crazy right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we all just need a little bit of hope, a little bit of, of positivity. Definitely. Um, you know, keep moving forward and hoping yeah. for a, a brighter future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I love that. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful <laughs> poem. I can't, I'm not going to recite it all because I can't remember <laughs> yeah. word for word, but, but it is, it's a lovely poem. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. <laughs> yeah, thank you for setting this up. This is cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you ever have another book you want to talk about or any any idea for being on the show, I'd love to have you okay. back, too. Cool. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. we'll do. All right. Well, All right. thank you so much. Thank you. And we're back, book lovers. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Claire Tom. I thought now that I would share the Emily Dickinson poem that Claire mentioned in the interview. It's not very long, and I love me some Emily Dickinson. When I was a teenager, I wanted to be a poet, and I was super psyched that there was a poet with my name. I know. <laughs> I know. Anyway. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard, and sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. I just love that poem. Um, I love birds. I love hope. I love the sea. It's fantastic. And so finally, this week, in keeping with the theme of the episode, I am taking the quote of the week 
out of the introduction from Ever Forward. And this is part of the letter to the reader from Claire Tom. I chose Ever Forward as the title of this collection because animals are always moving forward with strength and determination. Some work in a team, some are solitary, and others help people. All creatures, great and small, have their important role to play. Again, please check out Ever Forward by Claire Tom. It is an excellent book of really sweet haikus accompanied by lovely watercolors, and it's a really fantastic book. And all the proceeds go to support Seeing Eye Dogs. I mean, you can't go wrong. (laughs) There is a link to buy the book in the show notes, and you can also follow Claire Tom on Instagram. That is also in the show notes. And can I just say, I absolutely love the idea of being a puppy walker. What a wonderful existence. (laughs) Sign me up. Anyway, thank you so much for joining me this week for a special episode of M's Books and Cats podcast. I will be back next week with the usual, including the next chapter of Heart of the Storm. Until then, keep reading. Go, 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 go